You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning or good afternoon to all of you out there in Radioland. You are here with Dr. Jeff Werber for the next 30 minutes or so here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And this is a show for you. It's a show for you and your pets. It's a show just to pick my brain, listen to me. If no one's going to pick my brain, I'm going to talk about something and uh, just hopefully sort of enhance, strengthen that bond between you and your pet. And the best way to do that is to understand how they work, whether it's behavior, whether it's a medical issue, whether it's a surgical issue. I want to be here to help you just to ask me questions. You know, I know veterinarians are busy and may not get the time that you need or you may not understand something. You know, I have to say it's sometimes an art. To be able to, and don't take this the wrong way, anybody out there, but as we say, dummy up because you don't have the knowledge of the terms and the rationale behind certain treatments because you never went to veterinary school. So we tried, what I like to do is try to make it so easy for you to understand. So if you have a decision to make or it might be a tough decision, we can help you along the way. A uh, number of ways to get a hold of me. First of all, the most, uh, the easiest is to give us a call at 877-385-8882. Once again, toll free, 877-385-8882. You can also join us online. You click on, go on to Pet Life Radio. Click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab on the left, and you will be into our page, and you can just join in on the conversation. And lastly, if you're not currently in the computer on Pet Life Radio, you can also just send an email to drjeff, that's drjeff, at petliferadio.com. And Mark in our studio uh, back in Florida will send that to me ASAP, real time, and we can talk about it that way. Now, of course, we're here with the help of our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products, Kong Toys. So go ahead and send me a question, ask me anything, and we'll go from there. Now, it, interesting, this week we had a very, very interesting question from someone who clearly is pretty knowledgeable. And I'm going to put my little glasses on. It comes from Victoria, and she writes, hi. New treatment options for canine B-cell lymphoma called T-cell infusion therapy. And now we're talking very, very new stuff out there, T-cell infusion therapy. And it's really, really, it's a cool concept. And what we're learning, you know, it's, it's funny. I have to go back. My, one of my mentors when I was in veterinary school, uh, Dr. Barbara Kitchell, she was doing her medicine residency at UC Davis while I was there. She then went on to do her residency in oncology, also under the internal medicine umbrella. So she was double boarded. And then since that wasn't enough for Barb, she then went on to Stanford. So we're not, we're talking no dummy here for a PhD in comparative oncology. So we are talking an extremely high power driven individual. And I saw her at a conference and she was, you know, a, a very good friend going through vet school. And uh, I told her about this one case I had. And knowing here that she's not only board certified in internal medicine, she's board certified in veterinary oncology. And then she went, goes and gets a PhD in comparative oncology. She'd be a perfect person to kind of explain to me what happened here. And uh, basically, to give you a little rundown on the case, because it was really fascinating, I had a five-year-old Rottweiler come in with advanced bone cancer. Now, bone cancer called osteosarcoma is really a lousy diagnosis. It is going to be pretty much 100% fatal. And the best we had at the time was amputation and a particular chemo protocol that might buy us 
oh, God, anywhere from 12 to 19 months. I mean, not really a good prognosis for this dog. And the owner, uh, he was a big boy, and he, he did not want to amputate. That was out of the question. You can also do some what we call palliative radiation. That will shrink the tumor a little bit, buy us a little time of a, of a decent quality, and hopefully allow the, the dog to uh, keep its leg. But she had read online, and this is one of those things where, where I always, I, I'm so hesitant when people say, oh, where'd you hear about that? Oh, I got it on the internet, because as I often say, the internet is truly, it's probably one of the newest number one sources of information, but unfortunately, it's also one of the number one sources of misinformation. But she read this thing as a protocol, it was a naturopathic protocol, came from some naturopathic veterinarian. It was a mega vitamin therapy plant and some herbs. And so she brought it to me. I said, look, I don't even know if it's going to work. It, I don't know why it's going to work, but you know, if, if it's good for you, let's do it. Now, mind you, when you get your definitive diagnosis, which we did, it often requires a bone biopsy. Now, you can get a definitive diagnosis. You can get a pretty good idea just from radiographs alone and the rapid growth, but she wanted to know exactly what it was. So we did the bone biopsy. Now, you have this tumor. Picture this. You have to make a little hole in the skin, right, to do your bone biopsy. So so as you know, we sew it up, and this dog would be coming in every week, and the stitches continued to rip open because the tumor was getting so big. I mean, it was three times the size of his regular leg. So it was a challenge. But we're doing this mega vitamin therapy, the herbs. He's coming in. We're doing this IV drip. And obviously, for the first several few weeks, I'm seeing nothing other than continuing to have to re-suture the original incision site where we took the biopsy from. And then something miraculous happened by week four. Not that it was gone away, but I did not have to re-sew the skin. It actually stopped growing. And then by week five, I'm getting a little loose skin around this thing. I'm taking and long story short, this dog literally went into full remission. If you took an x-ray three years later, the dog finally lived to 11, which is a pretty good for a Rottweiler, with no bone cancer. And I am amazed. I'm saying there's no way that this therapy could really do this. I had used it two other, well, three other times, once on a golden retriever. Now, I, I, mind you, on the golden retriever, because we had so much evidence and fit, met all the radiographic criteria, we did not do a bone biopsy. But I did employ the same treatment, and guess what? It also resolved. And then two or three other cases, it didn't. So again, in anything, just because it works for one patient, it doesn't mean diddly, but I will tell you that I witnessed personally my own cases, two of these success stories. So I'm so intrigued that when I bumped into Dr. Kitzel, Barb, at a, at a conference, I said, Barb, I got to tell you, and I told her all about the story I just told you. And she says, I'm not surprised. I go, what do you mean you're not surprised? She goes, the first thing that I could tell you, the most important thing I learned in my PhD program is how little we know about cancer. So here she is, double-boarded in veterinary internal medicine and oncology, a PhD, and she's admitting how little we know about cancer. And she thought, even then, that she said that the future of cancer treatment is going to be immunotherapy, the immune system. And what she thinks is that all the vitamins and the antioxidants and everything we did to this body enhanced these two dogs that were successful, their own immune system, and it wasn't, obviously, it wasn't megavitamins that killed the cancer, but it was enough to stimulate the dog's own immune system to beat the cancer. So let's talk about this in this T-cell infusion therapy. T-cells are one of the cells that often is afflicted with cancer, and as we say, there's B-cell lymphoma, this is called lymphosarcoma, and there's T-cell lymphoma. We say B is bad and T is terrible. So when you have B-cell lymphoma, which fortunately is the more common, and also it is a little bit more responsive to treatment, and we have a lot of mo different modalities and treatments so we can get these dogs into remission. But here's the theory. This is some research that's coming out of Texas A&M University School of Veterinary Medicine. 
what they do is when typically when you give chemotherapy to a dog or a person, you are literally obliterating the immune system as well as trying to kill the rapidly dividing cells. And typically, cancer cells are dividing more rapidly than regular cells. So the goal is to give enough chemo to not completely eradicate all the cells, but at the very least, try to slow down or kill the very rapidly dividing. So before chemo, they start killing off, they save some uh, T cells, take a few T cells out. All right. Now they do the chemo, which is going to destroy even other T cells, and it's going to suppress the immune system a bit, in which case there's no ability for the body to fight its own cancer. Ah, so what do they do after the pet, the dog is in remission? They infuse back those T cells that were taken out before the chemo, before they had a chance to be weakened or destroyed by the chemotherapy along with all the other cells. And now the body's healthy, strong T cells are able to beat the cancer because what we realize is that when the chemotherapy does work on the cancer cells, it increases their antigenicity on their cell wall, which means it makes them more attackable by a healthy T cell. And that's what healthy T cells do. They attack the bad cells. So in essence, we are harvesting the healthy T cells before any chemo. We are obliterating as much as we can from the chemo and increasing the antigenicity along the wall of the cancer cells, the B cells. And by infusing now back in the healthy T cells, it is the T cells that are killing the cancer, the dog's own T cells, and not the chemo. So it really is fascinating that the early reports of this modality have been extremely positive. And I think that is such a cool thing. And I think that these are going to be some of the advancements that we are going to employ in veterinary medicine. And that will also probably work with human medicine as well. And this is how sort of we grow together. You know, it's, it's interesting. Years and years ago, and I'm talking 30, 40 years ago, veterinary medicine was really not as sophisticated. We didn't have the budgets in the schools to do this kind of research. And therefore, we always lagged behind. And we would borrow or steal, if you will, treatment modalities, drugs, etc., from the human side, piggybacking on their research. But now, veterinary medicine is in the forefront. And you'll see, especially when it comes to things like vaccine, there are going to be many modalities that may be discovered first on the veterinary side, and then they're going to try them and see how they work as well if they do on the human side. So I think that's pretty cool. So anyway, time for that break. Victor, I want to thank you for the, uh, the question, a great question. I hope you're listening. If not, and you play this later, if you have any questions, you can get a hold of me directly at drjeffdrjeff at petliferadio.com. And don't go away. We're going to be right back after this short break. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. I'm home. My hair looks cute. Now what? Bringing home a puppy or new dog is exciting, and he's depending on you to keep him in good health. Dogs need special care to keep them healthy as they grow throughout their entire life. Caring for their health is critical in all stages. With ProSense, it's simple and convenient to give your dog the care it needs with effective and quality products that treat, prevent, and provide essential daily vitamins and minerals. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. 
Active for Pets is a new wellness platform and app that helps pet parents save time and money on their vet bills. Stop paying for unnecessary vet treatments. Consult with a vet online. Get unlimited access to your pet's entire health history from any computer or smartphone with the Active for Pets app. Vaccinations, medications, test results, and more. Active for Pets gives you access to a team of expert vets for non-emergency care. Make an appointment before, during, or after office hours. Skip the waiting room and get a secure online vet consult on your schedule. Taking care of your pets is as easy as it gets with Active for Pets. Ready to try Active for Pets? Listeners get 40% off a one-year membership. To get this great offer, use promo code PETLIFE on the sign-up page of active4pets.com. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 4, P-E-T-S dot com. Or call 888-512-2848. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here with live with Dr. Jeff Warber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Uh, once again, I want to thank Victoria for that amazing uh, question, um, and uh, hopefully that if, if this is your pet, you're dealing with this, so you might want to consider it. Right now, I think it's only being done at Texas A&M. That might make it a, a bit difficult because these cells have to be removed and harvested, the T-cells, the healthy T-cells, et cetera, but best of luck. A couple of other things. I just got back from, uh, I was in New York uh, last week. I was on Al Roker's weather show uh, first thing in the morning, Wake Up With Al. Uh, it was great. We talked about some summertime tips for pets. Uh, We also had a chance to talk to them uh, about here a couple of weeks ago. And one thing that I I have to sort of reiterate because it comes up every single time we do anything about summer pets for tips, and that is dogs or cats left in cars. And I just have to tell you it is unacceptable. It is extremely dangerous, even if you park in the shade. And And I'll tell you why. You know, just some basic physiology. I'm sure you guys all know this, that dogs and cats only sweat from two locations on their body. One, the pads of the feet, two, the tip of the nose. That's it. So they don't have the ecrine, which is the sweat gland that we have over most of our bodies that helps us regulate body temperature. And as you know, when we get very hot, we perspire. So the problem is with dogs is that because the surface area of the pads and the nose is not enough to regulate that body temperature, to normalize their heat, what do they do? They pant. Now, if you ever put your hand, remember dog's body temperature, Normal, 100 and a half, usually 101, 2. As it get really hot, it might go to 103. So I want you to put your hand in front of a panting dog's mouth and feel the breath, the air coming out. And it's hot. It's very warm. So it's not necessarily the ambient temperature outside that is always contributing to this problem. It's being in a car 
with the windows pretty much up. Yeah, you might a bit, but that's not going to be enough. And they are getting anxious. Sometimes it's not even that they're overheating anxious. They're just anxious. They're in this car, and they start to pant. And the more they pant, the warmer the car gets. The warmer the car gets, the hotter they get, the more they have to pant. So you can clearly see this vicious cycle happening before your eyes. And the inside of that car, between the combination of the dog, the anxiety, the heat that he or she is generating, plus being outside, even though it's in the shade, it's still hot. And before you know it, 15 minutes, 12 minutes, you have a a car that's 114, 120 degrees. That is like a sweat box. And that's why these dogs overheat. And that's why these dogs die. So never a good idea. I mean, if you want to leave them in the car in a covered garage with the air conditioner on for five minutes, eh, you could probably do that. But just to leave them in and think, well, no, it's in the shade. I parked under a tree or I even parked in a garage and I have the windows cracked makes no difference. So just be really, really, really careful. Now, coming up on Saturday, as we all know, is the 4th of July. And, you know, I always I, I, I think we talked about this last year as well. And I wanted to remind you all that be very careful if your dogs seem, or cats, seem to be very freaked out by those loud sounds, whether it's 4th of July fireworks, whether it's the thunder and lightning, whatever it is, construction, sonic booms, uh, many, many dogs have a very difficult time with this. And it's up to us to make sure to keep them as comfortable as we can. If you have dogs that you know are miserable, then you might want to consider, talk to your veterinarian, of course, some sort of mild, relaxing agent. It could be something very naturopathic, something like, for example, our ProSense calming tabs that are basically, oh, it's a, a chamomile and valerian root and passion flower. There's a product out there called Zilkeen, which is basically the calming agent that is derived from milk protein. We all know and the, the observations have been made for years that nursing puppies and kittens and even nursing babies are, have this overall calmness about them. And why is that? Well, there's actually, actually there's a substance in milk protein and casein that has a natural calming effect. Something like Benadryl. We don't really take advantage of Benadryl. We don't use it for, for allergies because histamine is not a major mediator of the canine allergic response. Therefore, antihistamine to battle the allergy is not going to be helpful. However... Older antihistamines, diphenhydramine, chlorpheniramine, the ones that are drowsy, they work very well. And this is, you know, so you can avoid things like Xanax and Valium and acepromazine, more of the drugs. Uh, and these work well. But we mentioned this list, uh, last year, we're going to do it again. The best thing to do is prevent this behavior through behavior modification. That is where we exercise some common sense. We want to desensitize our pets to these sounds. And then we want to counter-condition them. We want them to actually, if it's possible, look forward to it. How do we do it? I want you to go online. And you don't have enough time to do it this time unless you have a really, really, really good dog or you've been sort of starting this already and you only have a few days left. But what I want you to do is go online and get a sound effects tape, CD. You can download them very easily. And you want to get the sound effect for fireworks. What you do is you sit there with your dog and his favorite treat, and he's at your feet, he's on your lap, you're petting, and you start playing the volume so low that you don't even hear it, but they do. And just go, oh my God, you're such a good boy, and give him a treat and turn off your computer, and that's less than one. And the next day you come back, same scenario, but now you're going to play a little bit louder and a little bit longer. And then you stop and you go, oh my God, you're so good. And hugs and kisses and a treat. And you continue to do this daily or every other day, increasing the volume until the dog 
is going to now associate the loud noises with hugs, kisses, and a treat. So instead of being fearful, they'll probably come running to you and say, okay, hear the noise in the background. Where's my treat? And you can actually get them to, I wouldn't say like it, but they'll start making the association that, boy, this is, that's loud sounds are pretty cool. I mean, it's raining and thundering. I'm, I'm having a blast because I'm getting all these treats. Instead of running and hiding, and the other mistake that we always make is when we have a dog that we know is fearful, so what happens? The noise starts, and what do they do? Their tail is between their legs. They start running to you for comfort, or they go hiding under the bed or under a coffee table, whatever it is. What do we do? Because we love our pets so much. We call them over and say, oh, you poor thing. Come here. Oh, yeah. Hugs, hugs, kisses. So what are you doing? Then you're actually reinforcing the fearful behavior. They're going to learn to be fearful because they know that when they're that way, you're going to call them over and give them smooches and give them a treat and hug them. Well, duh, that's a no-brainer. Of course, they're going to continue to show fear. So it's short notice, but you have a week. You have a whole week, a little less. You can, you can still get on this. But you want to not show, not exhibit that to reinforce the fearful behavior. So anyway, I want to thank you for joining me here on this glorious Sunday. Here it's still morning here in the West Coast and the East Coast. I know it's, uh, again, during the week, if you think of something, you want to talk about something, you want to sh- share a story, something about this happened with you and your pet or anything, uh, please send it to me here at Dr. Jeff at Pet Life Radio. Um, and all the email will be forwarded to me. And once again, next week, hopefully when you get the courage, and we're going to talk about how well your pets did or didn't do with all the fireworks on the 4th of July, 877-385-8882. Once again, I want to thank ProSense Pet Products and Com for sponsoring us, and we'll see you here next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.